Welcome to the Profitable Farmer Podcast, where it's all about increasing the profitability of your farm by working smarter, not harder. G'day, everyone, and welcome once again to Profitable Farmer. Um, delighted to be checking in with you and hanging out with you just for the next 45 minutes or so, um, wherever you are listening around Australia. I am, um, I'm going to let you in on a little big secret um, that not many of you may know. Um, and certainly when I arrived into, I guess, this role that I now play at Farm Owners Academy as one of the directors and the CEO, um, I lent out or I reached out to a dear friend of mine who has supported me on and off for five years um, and asked this amazing man to just support me and help me turn up to be at my best for this project, at my best for my team and at my best for this community. And so I'm delighted today to introduce Dig Bortolin to you, who for the last five years on my business and personal and entrepreneurial journey has been right in my corner as a, a rock and a mentor to me. Um, I value Dig highly, um, and I'm delighted to have a chat with him today and introduce you all to him. Um, my reason for wanting to do this is probably just to scratch the surface on a construct that I think is real for most of us, that so many of us go it alone. And so many of us are trying to navigate farming and business and entrepreneurship and family and parenting um, and community and all of those competing often priorities um, without a mentor and without a guide. Some of us are lucky enough to have people in our families and in our friendship groups. They might be friends or friends of our parents or whoever who we do deeply call on um, as mentors for really meaningful support and advice. I certainly have people like that in my community and in my family and in my world, but I, I find that their support to me arrives to a level, um, but there is deeper work to do, I think, so that each of us can be on our A game and at our best and just living life fully and joyfully. And what I've found in my tracking with Dig over the years is that the depth and quality and beauty of conversation that I get to have and share with him is, is profound and different from a lot of the conversations that I would normally have in my family, with my friends and in my community. And so, Dig, I'm going to start at the end and just say a massive thank you for all the support you've provided me over the years and um, and for your time today. Wow. Thanks, mate. Um, it's, it's a real privilege for me to be able to work with people like yourself, Jeremy, because um, I get to do what I love to do and... Every every moment leading up to the conversation, there's always an excitement, and then 
um, as you will attest to, we never know where we're going to go. We may have an idea about what we want to look at, but we have the freedom to explore whatever it is that's in the current moment that is important to us at the time. And you've been one of those people that's um, stuck in there, stuck it out. Uh, what's the right word for it? You've hung in there um, over this journey. And um, I can honestly say that it's not always for the faint-hearted when you really want to explore what's deeper within. Um, the, the beauty of doing deeper work, I find, is the deeper you go, the lighter things become. So <laughs> it's not about getting dark and gloomy. And I know that in the early days, um, with a lot of the work that I used to do in the last, or in the early part of what I'm doing, um, it was all about finding out whatever it was that was major and traumatic and um, etc. And there is scope for that work. However, now I, through some more teachings and understandings within myself, really love to explore ways to be um, more what I call in flow, things being um, easier rather than harder and trusting what we know within us and learning how to trust what we don't know within us. And um, so there's a lot to play with there. And um, you, you, the thing that I, I will refer back to you in appreciation is you do take on one of the things that I, I believe is really important, and that is to have childlike curiosity when we're looking at things because a child will pick up something and play with it and go, yeah, I like it or no, I don't, and make no more meaning to it and, you know, move on to whatever it is that they really wish to be doing. And I find I do that so much in my life these days and why, would I, why wouldn't I want to share that with other people? So it's a, it's a different way to live. Um, it's a chosen way for me to explore and also now to share with with uh, um, with this, I suppose, of haven't done a podcast before, and you know that um, a lot of the work that I do like to do is just the one-on-one -on -one working with people. Um, I can really be in that space, but uh, as you said, you invited me, and it felt right, and I've got to trust my intuition as much as I um, have never done it before, and. We're here now, mate. <laughs> and it's perfect, Dig. Is it just a an Aussie bloke thing or is it that most of us are often in our head and perhaps trying to control and manufacture and command our lives and our realities? And And with that, what is it to do deeper work? What does that mean? Um, I, don't, I don't know that it's an Aussie bloke thing um, the, in regards to the, your specific question about controlling. Um, I come from an Italian background and, boy, can I tell you there's obligation uh, at every corner. So there's control everywhere in, in a lot of my upbringing. Um, and I have 
I have been doing men's work for um, nearly 20 years now, as in running my own groups, etc. Um, and I can categorically say I don't really, um, um, I, I don't want to put it down to any, um, I guess, nationality or or whatever. It, the, the thing about control that I am still learning to work through is um, when do we need to step in and be that that strong sense of ourselves? And I call that the masculine. Um, and it, that doesn't mean man. I mean masculine. So um, one of the... One of the the beliefs is that you know men have to be masculine and women have to be feminine. Well, we actually we there's four types of us. We have the healthy masculine, the unhealthy masculine, the healthy feminine, and the unhealthy feminine within us. And um, sorry to shock you, but uh, that's that's uh, that's been my training and learning and in understanding that gives me a lot of clarity about how I'm feeling and how I'm reacting to things and why. And just to, without going into a lot of detail about that, because that's probably a three-day seminar, um, <laughs> um, the, the need to be a certain way is something we've learnt, um, something we've visualised, something we've experienced. Um, I don't believe it's all one way either. I know that in a conversation you and I had recently, in what shows up is one interpretation of something that happens has us then choose to be that way or have that uh, reaction or have that belief, the whole belief system around um, men having to be a certain way. Um, I, I challenge any belief that doesn't allow me to feel comfortable in my skin at any given moment. So while I may be um, this big, huggable, soft man, if you need that, um, I also am very clear with my boundaries and I don't let anyone step over that. And I can be... Um, as hard or as harsh as anyone out there if there's something that I need to get done in a certain way. Um, and I can also stop and look at things differently as well and be empathetic and have compassion, but I still have my boundaries. And um, so what I've noticed over the years is um, more and more men are being challenged by what's happening in um, a lot of relationships, you know, the um, relationships are changing. Um, who's wearing the pants? Uh, that's all changed, you know. Um, and I've noticed a real softening in a lot of what men are expected uh, from them. And I'm seeing the real challenge in that because what we've known through the generations is to be a certain way as men. And we're being challenged, especially my generation and the generations after me 
and I'm I'm 58 years old, just so that to give you a bit of an idea, I find we've had the um, biggest challenge in defining what it means to be a man. And once again, this is another topic that can go into great detail, but through my own personal research, I've noticed that the generations before us um, had a set way to be and they were very comfortable with it, um, even if they didn't like it, but they understood that was the way to be, whereas now with the information age, technology, um, all of the stuff that we're surrounded with, um, that's often being challenged and we're not sure where we fit and how we fit. And I'm talking broadly with the men that I've, that I've been working with. Um, uh, the challenge is um, I don't really know um, what I'm meant to do in this situation. I, I believe I do and I know what I should do because I'm being told this, but I also know what I used to know and what I was taught growing up and it's all conflicting and um, challenging. Now, that that interaction then carries across between men, men between men, because it's like, well, it's no longer this alpha male wins the conversation anymore it's all these different dynamics that come into a conversation and it's not the biggest broadest toughest guy but sometimes the one with the best voice that has or wins the conversation or the argument and um and from that point you also get a lot of people that are getting smarter um and so there's there's a challenge to prove yourself um, to the feminine, to to the women, to the community, to your mates. Um, I, I do believe it's gotten harder rather than easier because there's so much out there telling you so many different things. Mm. And and as as I work the way that I work, I always bring it back to what feels right for you in that moment and to learn to trust um, that. So it may be a gut instinct. There may be um, a voice you hear. Um, rather than circling it around and... Um, and not doing anything or circling around like you're in the dark and it's just not making sense. It's about stopping and um, trusting. Um, I once heard, I once heard, a, um, I once heard a person say um, um, something which is. A complete lie, and that is that um, men don't have intuition. There's women's intuition, and men have um, no brains, or whatever it was. It was a very disparaging comment that um, it challenged me at the time because the person that was saying it I held in high regard. And then I went on a journey for myself just to see what's true about that. And I believe I am. Um, as intuitive, if not more intuitive, than most of the 
most of the women that I know. So intuition being trusting what comes up for me in my space. Um, I can expand on that a little bit more as well, um, and I feel to, and that is um, what comes up in my space. Um, I do a lot of work to clear out the, the negative self-talk. I do a lot of work to um, um, be at peace with wherever I am in my life and in the moment. And by that, you know, yes, I meditate a lot. Um, I have a practice um, that I do which allows me to be empty and clear um, whenever I start my day and um, I, I don't mean empty as in no thoughts because if anyone tells you the mind stops um, or you go into such meditation that there is no mind I have yet to experience that so I don't believe that and I'm a person that if I hear something and I want to learn it I, I take it to the full degree and I experience it and then I can talk about it and teach it. So I go to great lengths to be at a, um, a peaceful and um, um, aware existence as possible, which opens up the whole other thing about what does being aware mean and um, I call that just being present. Part of the deepest openings for me in having my life go more smoothly is really looking at what's going on immediately around me, so in my immediate surrounds. Um, uh, the weather, um, people's moods, um, my own moods, and when I'm in that space, Nothing else matters. I just focus on that and I take it for what it is. And and if I'm feeling, can I say shitty? If I'm feeling shitty, um, I allow myself to be shitty. And if I'm pissed off, I allow myself to be pissed off because I believe I need to experience that because if I resist it or harbour it or control it or stifle it, for me, it builds and then it comes out some other time completely inappropriately when, when it doesn't, uh, it's not warranted. Um, and, and being present to what is here at the moment, for me, the best way to do that is to be as clear as I possibly can, hence the, the meditation and um, the, the journeying that I've been doing over the, the last yeah, and nearly 20 years. Mm. What was the other part to that question? Because I do believe I, I I might not have answered that, the last part. Was it, um, yeah. The other question was what is it to do the deeper work? Yeah. Oh, I guess I've answered that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the deeper work, it's... It's funny we it's funny we use that term because it's actually about becoming lighter, um, deeper in the sense of. Okay, so the deeper work is a term for um, 
what we feel is deep down inside us and perhaps a bit more of the unknown things about us. So yeah, you would you would term that deeper. That's that's appropriate. Um, what is deeper work? Deeper work for me is um, finding something that I don't have clarity on, that I don't have um, freedom around for myself. So a situation may come up. Um, where I want to use a real example. Um, so I, I, I was having um, issues around, um, and, and this is some deeper stuff, so um, it, it's, it's personal but in, in a good way. I, I was having some issues around what I thought was <clears throat> um, a negative self-profile of myself and growing up. And then as I got older, I learned all these different techniques and all these different skills and, um, you know, how to be assertive and um, how to um, treat yourself kindly and et cetera, et cetera. There was, there was the, I did all this work and still I would come back to this. Every now and then I'd see a sideways look or there'd be a word said to me and it would immediately trigger something that happened to me, I believed, as a child. And I revert back to that child immediately. You know, that's stuff that um, I have learned that when we have something happen to us growing up, um, a situation, um, not always trauma, but um, that's what we often relate to, what happens is that memory gets locked into our cells. This is scientifically proven. This is not, you know, this is not voodoo stuff. And um, and then when something similar happens to us later on in life, the cells get released, and we tend to react exactly from that 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 space or that child. But I was having this issue, but I had no memory of it. I had absolutely no memory of it. And I kept feeling that there was something that happened when I was really, really little. And um, and so I just started to, to do some deep work on it. I, I'd, I'd, um, at night, uh, before I go to sleep, um, I have a ritual where I uh, recount the days, beautings, blessings, beauties, blessings, gifts, so it's my um, it's my gratitude uh, time, and then if there's something that I'm working on, I I just put it out there and I literally vo- vocalize this. Um, what is it that that has me react this way that I have no observation for, no understanding? I you know I really want some clarity, and I'm just putting it out there now. Putting it out there for me means putting it out there to um, my surrounds. Um, I believe I have guides and um, the universe, etc. cetera. Um, some people have religion, they have their God, whatever it is. But for me, I, I, I tend to put it out to what's present. So a lot of that is nature. It's like, show me 
what it is that has this hold on me that whenever something happens innocuously, I get really triggered. And um, going about my my ways in the, n- the next couple of weeks, I've, I've gone round to mum's and we're just sitting and um, we're sitting and talking and um, just out of the blue without any driving for it, um, mum just started laughing about, and I don't even remember the conversation, and she said, oh, yeah, well, um, um, it, you know, you do know that you're a blessing here on earth because you weren't meant to be here. I said, like, what? She said, yeah, you were an accident. <laughs> what? So, I mean, you know, this is, I learned this in my, my late 40s. And I'd never heard that. And, and it wasn't, like for mum and dad, it wasn't um, a, dr- a drama or a problem or an issue or whatever. It was like I was unplanned. And, and for a while there, um, as I was growing, so infant, there were moments where mum thought to herself, they just immigrated from Italy. They were struggling. They were living on a tobacco farm up in Gumbauer. And I got really, really sick. I had massive, really bad eczema. And I was basically wrapped up for nearly two years, unable to move, um, blisters. I was really, really unwell. And mum would have thoughts of what the hell has happened, you know, why has this happened? And from that and that discussion, I immediately got something that I picked up on and it resonated and it didn't bother me. It's not like there was a, I had an issue with it. I was just looking for something deeper and that's how it came about. Out of the blue, no interrogation, no, you know, there, there was nothing. I mean, I had no idea where it came from. So in, in uncovering that, now this was... Is it, 11 years ago now, I have been on um, a journey to play with these sorts of thoughts that come up that have no real clarity for me. And as I unpick all these little threads, uh, without without too much energy, it's just, you know, following this, this track and let's see where it takes me, I'm just finding a lot of understanding about why I am the person that I was or have been and I can still choose to be that and do that or not, but then I have a choice. And in uncovering the deeper part of me and I have a choice to be um, whoever I am in the moment, I'm just finding so much peace and relaxation and time. I'm super productive because I don't have all these negative self-thoughts going on in my head Um, because if something comes up and I don't really know and I can't make a decision, it's like, oh, that's okay. I'll put it it aside for later on and um, I'll work on it later and I'm going to do what I want to do now and I'm going to enjoy myself, you know, if that's – if that's the space that I'm looking to be in in that day, you know. Um, it's not all about skipping and dancing in the leaves and 
um, you know, being uh, oblivious to life. I, I just find that this way of living has altered my existence. Um, you wouldn't know me if you knew me 20 years ago to, to who I am today. And I'm the, the main driver is it always used to be I'm doing this for the kids because I've got two kids, right? Um, now I'm doing this for me and the kids because I do wish to stop the generational teachings and obligations that I grew up with that, that have been limiting and have been um, unhealthy so that I no longer have to live it, but also so that my kids have an opportunity to grow um, free from my constraints of the past. They will have their own, they, they, you know, they will have their own experiences, but I'm choosing not to pass on what I know to be unhealthy and I have access to ways of doing that. Long answer? <laughs> Perfect, Dig. Thank you. Yeah, for me and before I met you and, and started to scratch the surface on some of this stuff, I reflect back that I was kind of operating on autopilot um, and responding to situations and um, people and relationships clearly based on a whole lot of beliefs, conscious and subconscious, um, a whole lot of fears and doubts and anxieties that almost like I'd collected them over my lifetime. And it, it had me arrive to a point in my life where I wasn't quite getting the results in aspects of my life that I was hoping for. And I love that construct that, you know, for things to change, first I must change. And, um, you know, through you I've learned to let go, to, to look at um, some of those emotions that do come up in situations in my day and in my life that do pique um, me and to check in on that and either to feel it fully or to let it go. Um, but in the doing of that, I find myself arriving to a point where, uh, where I, in the past I have been not able to observe and trust and um, live life from you know feeling into my current reality and and making those intuitive choices based on emotion. Um, now I feel like I'm getting better at doing that. So to your point, when something comes up, just being able to stop and check in on that and feel it fully, and then um, move forward and trust intuition, it actually becomes, to your point, a wonderful place to live from compared to the intellectual one that perhaps I have been playing from in my past. And so perhaps a question for you, if I could, what is it that you think that holds most men and women back um, and then D, I'm keen if we could to explore more of what it is to be present and then to set intentions into the future 
Mm. Um, and trust that universe or nature or faith or whoever or whatever it is um, then enrolls to make that happen. So um, what is it that holds people back? Fear, okay? So the two main drivers in our life are fear and love and fear. What is your fear? So, you know, that is a very valid question. What is your fear? Um, I, I have, in my time, found it astonishing that what I perceive to be someone else's fear is not so because um, I'm just learning that everybody is so, so different. And yet we want to, you know, we want to label and we want to categorise people because then we can work it out. But it's not about any one thing. It's what your thing is. So, you know, what is your what is your fear? Now, what is your deepest fear? What is your current fear? I like working with what's your current fear? So what's an issue you've got at the moment? Um, and what's your current fear? And from there, then you can start to look and break things down because it is about looking at where that comes from. However, we usually have a sentence we say to ourselves that we don't admit or we don't like to admit or we want to avoid, and that sentence can be any number of things. Um, how I'm just I'm just feeling into what may be a really good um, actually it doesn't even have to be really good. What's a current fear? So for me, I'm, I'm happy uh, to. Yeah, yeah actually, yeah. So mine. Jeremy, tell me what's in this moment. So letting go of preconceived ideas. Mm. Um, take a deep breath. Um, if you feel to, you can close your eyes. But just take a deep breath and letting go of any preconceived ideas of how this me needs to look, sound or feel. Breathe in and out. And if you could just respond with... Anything, whether it's a word, a vision, a story. What's your what's your fear right now? What do you fear right now? So, Dig, what comes up for me is a fear that I've I feel like I've had for a while um, and am managing, which is the fear of being judged or ridiculed. Um, I think it's it's one of the fears that has kept me from wanting to be on stage or to educate or anything is the fear of being judged in my community or or um, rejected from a community based on my actions or my beliefs. Beautiful. Okay. Deep breath. <laughs> and let it out.
So firstly, I just want to start off by acknowledging your vulnerability in saying that. So thank you. Now, a couple of things can happen once we admit what our fear is. So checking in with yourself right now, what are you feeling, thinking, what are you saying to yourself, or what's a sensation in your body right now that you've admitted that? Sort of a tingling or a tension in my sort of chest and shoulders, Dick. Okay. Uh, can you discern between is it tension or is it a tingling? And it's just take your time. It's more of a tingling. A tingling. Okay. Would you say that's something you are comfortable with or uncomfortable with? Yeah. It's both. It feels sort of a bit like a nervousness and an excitement. Okay. Are you okay for that to be here? Yeah. Great. So your body's telling me, telling you to tell me, <laughs> sorry, I have this knack of being able to feel what's going on, right? So it's part of the, um, the gift your body is now saying, it's okay what I've just said. I feel a bit nervous. And this is also a tingling sensation for me that I'm picking up. It's like it's a release which is welcomed and been waiting for. Now, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I'm just reflecting what I'm picking up. And I'm asking you now, what, what, or if those words mean anything to you, is that real and is that true or otherwise? Because this is your experience. It's not even what I perceive. It's just what I'm picking up on. Yeah, I think for me, Dig, um, that has been a real fear. I feel like what happened a couple of weeks ago when I got together with our community in Adelaide is that this, and I'm going to say sort of movement that we're creating and this incredible community that we're creating gave me newfound strength and confidence um, that what we're actually doing and what I'm um, teaching and here to do is actually really important for our industry. I've got a whole lot of strength around that. And mm -hmm. so I think that tingling that came up that was nervousness and excitement, um, the attachment that I have to that fear that I mentioned is a lot lighter yep. now than it was even a few weeks ago. Great. So I'm going to call you on something here. Do you remember the conversations we were having before the conferences? Yeah, absolutely. And am I right in saying that basically the negative self-talk that you had, we got that out of the way before you went in. Yeah, absolutely. So so who showed up at the conference? Yes. In, in you, like, um, did you show up or a version of you or who showed up at the conference? 
Yeah, I think a new version of that was free from, I guess, some of those mindsets of yesterday. Yeah. Just through a couple of conversations, right? Yeah, that's it. And all we did prior to that, because I won't go into all the details, but basically all we did was we identified what those fears were, we verbalised them, saw the myth about them, saw the, the untruth about them, and we just dispelled all that. And then we got in touch with who you really are and you just you sit in that moment of who you really are and everything everything flows, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I, I guess, like, because um, I'm, I'm, I'm aware that um, in our uh, talking about what we do in our sessions or our calls, um, a lot of it is getting in touch with the parts of you that you're you're getting to learn to know more, but also to trust because those things are all there. But you're just like I. I gave you no tips on presenting. I gave you no tips on how and what to say. All that we spoke about was how do we get the stuff out of the way in being able to be our best version of ourselves. Mm. I think that's what's fascinating for me in this dig. It's it's the tension and the stresses, and the anxieties and the doubts that come up in each of us that um, can consciously or subconsciously keep us from being at our best. And, you know, I think what is wonderful and your gift in what you do is how you hold space and allow blokes like me to sit with those fears, doubts, beliefs, negative thoughts, fears and anxieties and feel into them understand them, demystify them, let them go or do the deeper work on them so that we can, as you say, turn up and be present and be in flow with the life that's right in front of us. Yep. Spot on. Mm. I love I love that you used the word demystify because it's, um, you know, you're driving, you're driving somewhere and if the, 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 your windscreen's foggy, Mate, you're just taking chances. Mm. <laughs> you know, hopefully you know the road and hopefully you know where you're going. Uh, but until you demystify, defog, um, and have that laser point vision, and by vision I mean internal vision, um, then you're you're you you're, you're not you're not reaching um, an understanding within yourself um, that I believe is available just through some pretty simple work. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not challenging, but it's simple work. Yeah. And, Dig, I think there's quite a few people perhaps listening to this that might never have stopped and reflected on some of those fears, beliefs, feelings that might be keeping us from being at our best, what would you say to them? 
Oh, look, if there's no need to look for it, then don't. Because <laughs> it's perfect wherever you are, you know. Wherever someone is at that point in time, I believe we can only handle what's brought to us when we're ready. So um, if people have never done that, yeah, great. If they've never been interested in it, great. It's for the people that, that know that there's something else but don't know what that is. They, they wish to be a different version of themselves or a better version of themselves um, and have been looking and trying and um, don't understand. Then, um, then do the work, you know, whatever that is. Um, I believe in finding someone who you relate to that you wish to learn from and, and, and learn. With one, with, with, with a very large beware sign in front of that, um, to... Um, avoid trying to be that person. Um, so if you find someone that you believe is a great teacher, mentor, coach, um, learn what resonates and works for you and use that. The rest, you just say, great, not now, maybe for another time, because I do believe we learn things at different levels and then something you're learning now just may not seem right However, it may come back in later. Um, but, yeah, um, just to be aware, and, and I'm saying this purely from my own point of view, um, become a little bit of a, a guru worshipper and then you find out that that person is just human, but they've gone through different circumstances to get where they're at and I've got to go through mine. Mm. But, yeah, um, listen to people. Um, if if you wish to change, if you wish to change your circumstances and yourself, have a listen um, to. So listen to what it is that's calling you. You may be called to listening to podcasts, to picking up a book, to finding a teacher, to do something new. Um, I've found quite often people that are stuck in jobs or they're doing things that they don't um, you know, that are just repetitious and they're not enjoying, um, you know, there's a massive upheaval as they change. Quite often all they need is to find a really nice hobby or, or something to take them away from the routine and find something that they're passionate about and then life alters. I do believe in passion. I'm a big believer in passion, um, passion for... Um, for many things or for one thing, but find something that you're passionate about and then um, study it, you know, become it, do whatever it is. And then if that changes and fades and something else comes, great, do that. Do multiple things if that's what you're called to do. If you're the type that likes to be really busy and doing things, do that. Um, if you're coming from a place of passion and enjoyment, do it. Absolutely. As long as you're not hurting anyone else intentionally, because it can be unintentional sometimes, 
and there's no malice in what you're doing, then do whatever it is that you feel passionate about. Um, uh, and, and it may be changing your lifestyle. It may be changing your whole life, you know, change job, um, whatever. But make, make the choice coming from a space of what do I really want? Because we often focus on what's not working and what we don't want. It's good to know these things. However, if you've got a context of I'm doing something because this is what I really want to do, some of those things that you don't want just actually fall away and out of your attention. And I would much rather we're in an energetic space of doing what we feel is right for us. Um, everyone else wins just as much as we do when we're being in our passion and our, um, uh, our creativity. Um, yeah. Um, Go on. You're just about to ask me a question. What was? Yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> and that that moves us into looking forward. Um, what would you have to say around the setting of intentions, and then, I guess, the trusting in the unfolding of those? Sure. So, two things. Or one thing to be clear on. An intention is different to an expectation. So an expectation is usually loaded with an energy of this has to occur or this doesn't have to occur. Um, the expectation being that if what I'm expecting doesn't occur, it usually leads us to an upset or a triggering or whatever. An intention, because I don't want to spend too much time on expectation, but an intention for me is what would I really like to have happen and how would I feel when that comes true? And then set your intention some way. I verbalise it out aloud, even if there's no one around. I mean, I do that quite a lot. I just set the intention of um, this is what I would like to see um, happen and I when that comes true, I know I will feel a certain way. And setting an intention and then letting it go is the critical part, not being attached to it because then it becomes an expectation. You set the intention and then watch for the signs, watch for the markers, listen out for... Um, the things that show up unexpectedly and go, oh, that's come from the intention that I set. Um, there's, there's one of those little miracles. Thank you very much. And you have enough of those happen in your day and you realise just how wonderful life is. You know, you have these little miracles that happen all the time. Um, what was the second part to that, Jeremy? Just help me. Well, it was around trusting in the process of them unfolding. So um, how does someone trust something? You do it. Um, I learnt very valuably that when it feels like there's no trust, open wide and trust even more. Um that is a phrase around trusting the universe um, 
God, whatever whatever you wish to to call on, um, nature. Because um, if you don't believe in any doctrine, um, you can't avoid nature telling you and showing you. That's beautiful. Um, I, I've done a, undergone a lot of training in um, shamanic principles, and and it really is about being present to what's around you. Um, so trusting. Um, notice how loaded that word is. And for some, it will bring up negative connotations. No way known. You know, have a look at what your relationship to trust is. And then, with childlike curiosity, have a play. Trust your intuition. If something says in your gut, don't do this, trust it. Watch what happens. Now, if you go against what you're, oh, that's the other thing. A lot of our intuition, literally, we feel it in our abdomen and lower our stomach, our gut. It's down low. The other stuff that we get caught up is the the thoughts in our mind, which is beautiful because that's where you can create a lot. Um, But trusting how you feel deep down in your gut, it's it's. It's learning also to trust how your body shows up. Um, I got taught, um, um, one method that I got taught was if someone tells you something, imagine you've got a, a radiator grill running through your body and it filters out the bullshit and it only lets through the truth and then just sit and allow that question, thought, teaching, word, whatever, come to you, and if it feels like it gets stuck in your body, there's your intuition telling you, no, I don't trust this. And if it filters through out behind you, or vice versa, it comes from behind, goes forward, whichever way you feel to. What what that started me on a path on was what are my signs in myself about intuition? Now, um, Gift, I guess, um, I've got many different filters that help me to discern between the finer details. But that one there is a really good practice. You know, if something comes to you, um, irrespective of what your mind says, something doesn't feel right in your body, then your mind will say, do I trust this or not? Um, Give it a go. Trust it. And then see what happens. The alternative is not to trust your intuition and that's just as valuable a teaching tool because <laughs> if you don't trust your intuition and then it goes, you know, against what your intuition is, that's showing you you've got intuition, <laughs> you know. Um, give that a go. Do it or don't. But just be bring some presence to it, bring some mindfulness to it and then see how that happens for you thanks dick such a great conversation we could go on and on as i'm lucky enough to i'm (laughs) mindful of time um sure what i would love to do just in finishing is again just to thank you for the the mentoring and the spiritual guidance that you've extended to me 
and given me over the years, I've very much enjoyed that personal journey of understanding kind of more deeply about where I've come from, how to turn up and be at my best in the present, how to lean on nature for insight and intuition and and then how to move forward from a place of, of strength and kindness and love, I guess. And so for all the support that you've provided me over the years, I'm I'm deeply grateful. And um it has just been a real privilege and a um something I've really looked forward to is sharing some of that in some small way with our community. Thanks Jeremy. Thanks for trusting me. <laughs> Uh, it, it's it it is a uh, it's a two way um, uh, exchange always. I believe that because I get so much out of working with you, and um, I love the the opportunity. Um, um, I would I would like to add one thing that um, just in the broader perspective, when you asked me to come on to um, farm owners. Academy um, as a as a project that you were undertaking and wished to have support in. Um, I heard this quite a while ago about it, and I was always super excited. And the moment that you said, "Hey, you know, let's um, let's get right into this, and um, let's see where this takes us," um, I was already there. And um, I just want you to know that I'm, I hold space um, as much as I possibly can for this, uh, and you called it a movement, so I'm going to jump on that, to um, really grow, but also to um, deepen the teachings that are, that are happening for and with your team and all the, the wonderful families out there. Um, I'm a city person, but I feel so connected at the moment to what's going on rurally now because of this program and yourself. And I'm really excited because being an intuitive, I see this really, really taking off because it's very strong and sound right now, right in this moment. It's a very, very sound truthful, honest, and in integrity organisation. And I'm so glad that um, I am in a small way in touch with it through you. But for me, it actually feels quite huge. So thanks, mate. Um, thanks for the time. Thanks for the um, thanks for the request for the, the conversation, the podcast, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Dick. Much appreciated. And like you, I feel very proud and humbled to be part of this great community and this fantastic project. And it is wonderful having you supporting me in that. So thank you again. So to all of our listeners out there, um, um, this is a different style of podcast perhaps to that that we've done before. But for me, it really does reinforce um, a couple of things. One, have you got mentors around you who are supporting your journey and, and helping you um, so that you're not going it alone? Um, are you 
ready and feel open to checking in on some of those things that might be holding you back more on a personal level. Um, and if you are, then look for someone who can support you in that space. I know for me, having Dig in my corner has been profound and significant. Um, and so if you feel ready, you know, just put that intention out there and, and see what turns up. Ladies and gents, thank you so much for being with me. Jeremy, before again. you go, sorry. Uh, perfect. <laughs> I knew you'd want to have one more word. <laughs> so what I got in hearing you speaking just then was you. Um, there is already a community that's out there supporting and it's your coaches, your team that can take on um, whatever comes up and then filter it out to whoever needs to respond or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you've got a great vehicle already, um, you know, and and for it to fall into whatever place it's meant to play, it's it, it's meant to turn up in. So yeah. yeah, they've got a great. Your community already has great great people that are doing just that anyway. So don't be scared to ask for. Um, uh, a spot just to talk about anything. Yeah, it's a great comment, Dig. Thank you. We do have an amazing team of coaches who are there to support and so much of their support is around mindset and around personal development as much as it is about helping you move your business forward. And so if that does interest you and you're looking um, for that sort of guidance, absolutely reach out to Farm Owners Academy and we're happy to chat with you about how our team can help. And just one more thing. Yeah, of course. <laughs> remember, remember my four C's? Yeah. So you communicate, you communicate until you feel a connection. And then as soon as that connection occurs, and you'll know what that means, you get some clarity all of a sudden things fall into place. You know, you're having a conversation, you're throwing things out, you may be brainstorming, then all of a sudden you find there's an alignment place. Now, what that is, is where the people or the person you're talking to, you communicate until there's a connection. You go, ah, there's a connection here. Through this connection, I now have clarity in where I'm going. And the beauty about clarity is you sit in that space and that's where you bring out your creativity. You can do it on your own, but it works three times more powerfully if there's two people and it just quadruples from there. So the four C's, you communicate until you connect, you connect till there's clarity, and if you want to take it one step further, that's where you get into creativity. That's where the fun is. That's where the juice is. That's where our conversations are every time I talk to you. So had to add that in as well, mate. <laughs> Thanks, Dig. It's perfect. And, and perhaps that's what is behind what makes Farm Owners Academy so special is that there is so much masterminding, so much collaborating, so much communication that is leading to um, people finding new levels of clarity around how they're going to move their business and their lives forward. So I think those four C's are a perfect um, point on which to round out a wonderful conversation. Thanks, Dick. Really appreciated. Take care, everyone. All the best over the next few weeks and check in with you again shortly. 
Bye for now.